Hi, and welcome to the Badass Unicorn Summer Series, a program of intimate conversations with some of my most badass friends. This series aims to provide honest, motivating, and no-nonsense perspectives from people who've been there and soiled the t-shirt to inspire you on your own personal development journey. I have carefully selected this set of inspirational guests who've done some incredible things, but who I think we'll find are actually very much like us. Through their stories and wisdom, I hope you'll find pertinent nuggets that will fuel your growth and help you on your journey to realizing your dreams. Thank you so much for being here and tuning in. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my first ever guest on my first ever podcast, Kate Murden. Hello. Hello. Kate is the founder and CEO of Push Mind and Body, an industry leading coaching and training company work for workplace mental health, well-being, development and leadership. I first met Kate when I saw her at a conference seven years ago and she talked about her journey to starting Push and we'll hear about that very much later on but she just totally transfixed the audience with her storytelling and her ability to build empathy and understanding of her story. Kate's a huge personal mentor of mine and a role model so I couldn't be more pleased to be kicking off the series with her. Welcome to Kate. That's a lovely intro. I wish I had that every day in my life. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was a long time ago, wasn't it? I remember doing that event. I loved doing that. That was a very special event, actually. Sometimes, sometimes like worlds, worlds and situations collide and, and, and magic and sorcery happens. That's what I think. Oh, well, you are definitely a sorceress. And actually, you're right. It's funny how I met you seven years ago. We spoke like two years ago when I was just embarking on my journey and I was talking to you about becoming one of your push coaches. And now here we are two years later. No, look at that. That And then that is how the, the universe works sometimes, isn't it? Exactly. It really does. Which is why I think it's a really good thing to be really conscious of your journey all the way through. And all the little t- tendrils you're always putting out and the people that you're meeting. And to keep in touch with all of those people that you spark a connection with, because you never know where they might show up next and how you might be able to yeah leverage sounds a bit wanky but you know (laughs) how you might be able to lean and grow with them (laughs) is much better than leverage I'm leveraging you both all right thanks for that (laughs) cut cut leverage um cool gorgeous well maybe you can tell us a bit more about you and your journey to finding your purpose and push oh so um yeah push is push is unbelievably eight years old in December and I'll tell you what if you told that girl that was bashing out proposals in her parents bedroom well I say girl I was 39 which let me tell you was a very humbling experience (laughs) having moved back home with my cat next to me going it's gonna be all right we're gonna get through this as I'm bashing out proposal for Barclay Homes and hoping it's all gonna be all right and yeah I mean I don't think I would have believed you at all but um yeah so push started um so I worked in media for the best part of 20 years um which I loved I just certainly was the very definition of playing hard, working hard and playing hard, or as I like to call it at the time, I think I called it a credit debit lifestyle where, I mean, it wasn't actually a lot of credit going in, I've got to be honest, it was a lot of debit. Um, And, you know, kind of, it was essentially built a career or an an entire career on a hangover, but did quite well at it, um, you know, and rose to the um, the heady heights of like heady, head of partnerships at Mindshare, um, a big media agency, and, and loved it until I didn't. Um, and you know, and that the the toll of kind of working outrageously hard, you know, the level of stress. I think back on it, you know, I'm I'm pretty resilient. But the level of stress that I, you know, went through and just shouldered all the time. But it was okay because with that level of stress and what was being taken out of me was also coupled with a real love for the work. 
um you know and that really that really drove me onwards and it was certainly certainly felt very purpose-driven at that time you know I, I mean let's let's not pretend I wasn't solving world crises but you know I, I loved the work that I was doing and um I but then as as I started falling out of love with it a bit that level of um responsibility and stress you know, felt quite overwhelming because they had nothing. They had nothing to to kind of balance it out on the other side. Add into that, obviously, then I'd then do lots of distracting Thursday, Friday, and Saturday as it as it led up to the weekend. Um, you know, spent spent Sunday like a crumpled heap, and then Monday would roll around again. And then finally, um, you know, so certainly not looking after myself there. And then finally, sadly, my mum got cancer, which fortunately she did make a, a full recovery from. Um, but. At, well, at that time and but it, that for me was the real tipping point um and I remember I remember two two very distinct moments um in that career that that led me off the path was one I was on um uh I was doing this I, I should I was doing this massive deal this huge deal for Tresemme um I shouldn't say this should I it was a very big deal for a seven-figure deal for them with um, X Factor and it should have been really career-defining and all I wanted to do was give it away to someone else to deal with so that was like point one point two as I was on um uh, a cross a cross agency call with like about 20 agencies I'm meant to be heading it up for said deal and I was so done with it all I just hung up <laughs> it's cool like Kate's left the call so like, oh could, could be my falling down moment anyway so um so yes yeah, so that was kind of it I ended up being signed off for um three months um and um and in that time I thought I could go back to this but it just I knew it wasn't right for me anymore um so I decided and I could see this happening to more and more people and I just kind of already wanted to do I wanted to understand it more I wanted to understand what was going on with me I wanted to understand how much better life could be because I felt very in it I knew that something was wrong but I couldn't quite work it out and and that's what kind of what led me to push um initially push was a retreat and people would come with you know with this intention of helping stressed out burnt out professionals um and and then from there um one of my friends who's the marketing director at Twitter said oh could you come and do some stuff in house I was like oh yes Oh yes, that's the way. I mean, at that point, I didn't really know anything about corporate well-being, and then, um, and that's how it started. So initially, we were coaching mindfulness, nutrition, and exercise, and then since then, it's blown up to the beast that it is. You know, over the last eight years, and 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 you know, corporate well-being has grown. We've been a massive part of that. You know, certainly. Um, I think you know we're making a real mark on it within London um, and, and globally, um, but uh, yeah, and and it, and over the last couple of years, dear God, this stuff has never been more needed. So yeah, it's been incredibly exciting to be part of. Fab. And so, if there's somebody listening right now who's maybe feeling burnt out, they're feeling some of the feelings that you were feeling around not enjoying the work, not having enough joy, wanting to hang up the calls. What would kind of be some words of advice that you might have for for someone in that kind of place right now? Yeah, I mean, it's really hard, isn't it? I think because I think the problem is, is when you're in it, <laughs> it's so hard to kind of get out of it. And I think that um, for me, you know, I, I knew for some time that things weren't right, but um, and, and knew that I needed to be doing something different. But I was so in my work, I'm, you know, a big mortgage, a big ish job you know, friends, you know, a company that I was working with, you know, life, life was very, very clear. And I was on that treadmill. And I think that that, you know, whilst some whilst people will often have an aspiration of doing something different, it's really hard to make that shift. You know, I was fortunate, fortunate, if you can call it that. But you know, I was that there, there was something that came in and gave me a real shift on, I, you know, I really feel like the universe knew that I had to move tracks. 
um, and was going to make me whether I liked it or not because I kept going in the same one. So I think that you somehow got to you somehow got to create that thing that create that moment that is going to give you the shift to to make that change because it's really hard on your own because it's so much easier to just keep going in the path that you are on because life is very very straightforward right you just you know that you're not happy but it's going to take so much more on more energy to shift gears and to go somewhere else or at least it feels like it would um you know you've either got kind of like a, a, a six months or a year of pain in quite intense pain for one or energy for one better way of putting it or 20 years of keep going with the same thing which is going to be a lot more painful in the long run so i think it's about working out what is that thing that's going to help you understand that expending that amount of energy into something different is 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 going to be worth it and sadly it does tend to be a bit of a crisis point for most people but how can you make yours you know how can you have enough leverage to actually make that change and that could be that it's down to other people you know or or even just working out what your plan is and, and doing the first part of it you know because i think with all of these things actually once you start that journey things do tend to unfold themselves but it's actually just making that start on it because you know you'll I, my biggest belief is you will always find a way you will always you know and certainly I did and it, and it wasn't easy but I found a way mm, yeah I mean it so resonates with me what you're saying about something bad happening being the impetus yeah. for change like I had a demotion that meant that I thought well my career and my love is not in marketing anymore and I love this thing called personal development and I'm going to put my big girl pants on and go and try and pursue that right um and, and then it's true. There's no, there's not many people I don't know who haven't created the change that they've wanted through something bad happening. So how do you create that bad? How do you have that that point, that trigger, without having the bad thing happening? That's the question, isn't it? You know. Yeah. And how did you find like your 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 passion for well being and 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 supporting people on their leadership journey? Because I think I speak to a lot of people who do my course who they're looking for that thing. Cause I think once you find that thing and I'm putting it in inverted commas for anyone who can't see me, you yeah. get a huge amount of energy and momentum because you're so passionate about it. But yeah. I think sometimes people worry that they haven't got that thing to start pursuing. And until they have that, they are not really sure what to do. Yeah. And I think that, listen, with, with push, the area of human behavior I'm obsessed with, right? I'm really, really, really like that for me. I, I where we're all, you know, I'm, I'm my own self development, but all of my personal learning within this area, I, you know, I'm incredibly passionate about this area. But then in terms of, you know, the manifestation of it, you know, when Push First started, as I said, it was a retreat. And then we quickly pivoted into different events. And then moreover, obviously, then ended up doing the, the corporate the corporate side of it, you know, and that side has really taken off. Or, you know, I decided to really focus on that side because it was a beautiful blend of my old and my new worlds. Um, so that side really, really took off. So I suppose my point would be is that maybe what you start doing ain't going to be what you keep doing, you know, and I think the pivot is an incredibly important part of it. And then again, you know, I'm, I'm, I think, we'll, you know, I'd like to talk more about this later, but, you know, working out what your working out what your values are, what's true to your values um, and alongside your success metrics. So, you know, my, my core values are love, humor, and ambition, right? So actually finding an area that I loved actually 
and 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 spending time in that area that was kind of step one the fact that you know one of my biggest values is around ambition wanting to explode that and making it as big and grow as much as it could that lit that part up of it up for me and now we come over to a place of and, and arguably you know the work that we are doing is obviously creating change in people's lives so there's an element of the love there but actually now we're really getting into the purpose-driven place because obviously of the charity work that we're doing as well and the non-profit work that we're doing. So that's really developing that angle as well. And hopefully, you know, the tonality of it really kind of delivers on the humour as well because, you know, this is always meant to have a real person. You know, push is always meant, meant to be like your, your, your relatively cool best mate you can have a laugh with but learn something with as well. Um, so I hope that it delivers on those, you know, and, and that... and. So it might not always be right. I'm, you know, I'm going to go and create Patagonia, and and actually that is so focused. Do, 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 you know, that's so vocational. This is about my different version of it and being able to tailor something to make it feel really me. Mm. So I love that. So thinking about your values and how what you're doing is singing to those values. I think strengths play into this as well. Yeah. Not just what you're good at, but what do you enjoy doing? What do you want to do time and time again? What would you do if you didn't have to be paid for it? Like yeah. all of those things, I think are good spaces to look. Um, I loved what you talked about with blend as well. You started your business, you started doing the retreats, then you moved to corporate. And I think you're right. When you start something, it doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be what it looks like in the end. In fact, it probably won't, because as you say, you open one window, then a door opens, then a dog flap perches open and suddenly something looks quite different. But you have to start somewhere to start that journey. But yeah. I love how you talked about the blend of you had this passion for 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 people and 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 how people and how people think. And then you also had your background in media um, partnerships. And it feels like if I look at Push Now, it really is that sweet spot bringing together those different elements. Totally. I mean, listen, I've, I'm, I think when I initially, I, I'd actually been on a retreat in the beginning of January of 2014, just before um, I started Push. And that was the thing. It was a, a boot camp type thing. And that was the thing that got me thinking that I really wanted to move into this space. Um, and so, you know, immediately when, when, when I was thinking about the change, I wanted to go into that area, you know, but, but you know, the truth be told, you know, I thought, I, I mean, it was a real knee jerk reaction to working in corporate. I thought I was going to be waffing around, a, you know, a country estate with two gun dogs at my feet. And let me tell thee, the difference was wild, you know, actually it ended up me firing out bog off emails and refilling toilet rolls, which really wasn't the dream that I was looking for. And, um, you know, and actually then realizing, okay, well, there are bits of this that I can take and then blend blend it with my new world you know so that you know the, the truth be told you know my 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 real passions are around relationship building communicating the stuff that we do developing the business you know and now even now having you know I think one of my greatest skills is my, my strength is around is just that tenacity right to keep going and certainly that that came through as the business was building but I'm really getting to a stage now where actually I want to move from being in the business to being on the business, you know, which will really enable me to to do stuff that I love even more, you know, going out and communicating this, being a visionary within, within our industry, you know, and certainly with my brand to go and talk to other people, to go and, and create some kind of thought leadership. And, you know, so I, I'm I, I need to and I need to have this, the headspace to be able to do that. And at the moment, because I'm still in it 
that's quite challenging. Um, so certainly, you know, I'm really seeing what those strengths are and what lights me up on a day to day basis. So I'm trying to create a business around it, which is going to enable me that freedom to do it. So it never exactly. stops. Do you know what I mean? No. It, it never stops. Exactly. Um, You've always got to be cognizant about what lights you up, what gives you energy and keep trying to what I call follow the scent of those things and buy more opportunities. That's exactly why I'm doing the podcast. I love communicating. It's one of my strengths. And I've always wanted to do it. And I just thought, right, well, let's follow this energy. Let's see where it takes us. Let's do an MVP, a minimal viable proposition, see how it goes and take it from there. And and listen, and this and this, okay, we come back to that point about success metrics, which I said about earlier. You know, it nothing has to be not every single thing needs to be the greatest success for it to be a success do you know what I mean you know it doesn't matter if you have five listeners or five million listeners you know actually the joy that you're experiencing in doing it is 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 enough sometimes you know and and I've really realized that throughout my career you know and, and certainly through the growth of push you know some things that we've done you know, I look back on, you know, one of the things that we did where we, um, so I was just trying to look for the book here, this, um, we did this, uh, this series over two days, it was for World Mental Health Day back in 2020, we did it. And it was over two days, and I interviewed 10 people um, about their mental health journeys, which in itself was just incredible. I mean, the the, the webinars we did, I mean, I, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember how, how many we have. I mean, someone like we interviewed Brandon Block, you know, and that probably had a few hundred, few, maybe even a thousand different views, uh, different people viewing it. But then out of the back of that, um, we then created this book called High Potential Hacks, which basically, because every single one of those people that we'd spoken to, um, had re- became really clear that they had these real hacks for how they manage their brain on a day-to-day basis because they'd had these different experiences. So I was like, right, well, we've got to pull that together and we can start sharing that. You know, and listen, we've had lots of downloads. We've had thousands of downloads of the book, which is incredible. Has it massively grown the business? don't know probably not do you know what I mean but it's changed a lot of people's lives you know and that for me is you know and I and it was I took we'll talk about it till the day I die that it's one of the best things that we've ever done and that's enough you know yeah. did it did it make us millions no did it change people did it have an impact on people's lives yeah it did you know and and I bloody love doing it as well you know so that's that's your metric isn't it sometimes yeah it's so easy to get wrapped up in success the likes the follows the revenue and I'm guilty of it as much as the next person and I'm in therapy dealing with why it is that these (laughs) metrics these trophies these symbols are so important to me and I'm beginning to understand it but I think it is for a lot of people and it's just about how we talk to ourselves about what success looks like and trying to redefine that in a way that isn't predicated on like those overt obvious metrics yeah. of success yeah of course and and also you know that what what why do we need that validation in the first place right I mean other than as you said you know putting food on the table and, and feeling safe you know beyond that what does that come down to you know yeah understanding that is so key um so let's talk a bit more about mental health then because obviously it's a something that you're super passionate about you do a lot of work on this with regards to push so we'd love to understand a bit more about how mental health affects you personally. Yeah, please. yeah. I mean, I'm, um, it's certainly, <coughs> excuse me, it's, you know, it's been a massive, a huge area for me. And I'm sure that you're someone that will agree with this. Actually, the more self-awareness you have, the, the more you realise you haven't got. 
you know, and, um, you know, the more the more I kind of dig into this area and understand more about myself, the, the more I realize I have to learn, you know, and I think that actually different relationships um, have been have been and continue to be incredible for showing me different sides of my personality that I really, really want to work on. Um, you know, and I think for me, I think one of the the biggest things that I have realized um, over over the last year, maybe, is this place of operating from real fear. You know, I am an absolute terror for that. You know, I operate from an absolute place of scarcity, scarcity, real fear, and and not feeling particularly safe. Now, on one side, one might argue that actually there's the blessing in that is that it's what's driven my business as well as it has, because, you know, believe you me, when you're operating from a place, a place of fear, you know, nothing's gonna propel you forward more. But it doesn't do it very nicely. Do you know what I mean? You know, the, it, you know, the, <laughs> it, it, at times it certainly wasn't the best experience in the world. And I have to be honest and say, you know, in particular, over the last six months, I've really worked on coming from a place of abundance instead. And, um, you know, and, and coming and and knowing and and knowing that things are going to be OK and trying to operate within safety instead. And life feels like a seismically different place because of that um you know and 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 it's it's affects I, I really realize you know that kind of anxious attachment style which i do have you know because of the experiences that i had within my childhood you know have affected every single relationship that i have in the world in particular the relationship that i have with myself and in particular the relationship that i that well relationship that i have with the world per se um so working on that makes life a much easier place to be and of course therefore means that you know I, I operate from a much more positive place which ironically um you know me means that I create a lot more positivity as well so yeah mm. that, that's really interesting you say that because for me right now I'm in a place of fear obviously when you work for yourself you have good months and bad months and May was not a good month for me for Billings yeah and I have a lot of scarcity fear because of my childhood and my parents had a lot of money issues when I was younger. So it just it puts the fear of God into me when I don't do the billings that I want to. And I'm having to really try and talk myself around. You know, you're not your parents. Things look different now. You've yeah. got your, your partner and, 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 and all of that stuff. But tell us a bit more about how like some of the strategies that you developed to have this abundance mindset and to deal with the fear. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I mean, I, I, look, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it so much. Like, I mean, I can put this in, I can, I can give you like real, real life examples. You know, um, our January, our January wasn't great. February, really not great, you know, and, and February wasn't particularly good either. Um, but, <laughs> excuse me I and and I'm lucky because you know I have a team now around me and certainly people now around me who really know my like money is a massive trigger for me I mean why the hell I then decided to start my own business what a dick plus um, one yeah <laughs> um you know so um so it's a real trigger and and at any time that anything uh, or I I perceive that things aren't good with money, then um, I literally go into total stress mode. 
and and which is the, the worst thing about that is that that's when I need to actually be at my best you know I'll work harder than ever but I certainly won't be in my most creative capacity um and so I did a lot of work with my coach on it and she was just like okay Kate you know you might be quite old maybe that so there was like a big piece of business that didn't come in in January and she was like, but the thing is, is that in, in that not coming in, it's creating space for something else, right? And I think that that for me, that landed very well. You know, it, I suppose it's it's the fact that, and, and, I, and I, I'd love to talk about this in a moment as well, about um, a recent trip to Mexico that I just had. So what I really realized in that period with January and February, you know, and her saying, you know, we don't, you don't know, I mean, and forgive me, I, you know, these things are obviously really obvious, but I think now I really genuinely feel and believe them. The whole point that you, you never actually know what's coming. So the only choice that you've got is how you, how you think and feel throughout it, right? So <laughs> even though something's coming, something's happening and you feel like it's the worst thing in the world, at, ironically, it could be making way for the best thing. Now, to put that into context, having had a really shitty January and February, you know, we've just had the biggest month of, of our, the entirety of Push's career, and we are, we are touch wood, about to have the biggest year of Push's career, you know, and I spent January and February in, in a hole. Do you know what I mean? And, and I suppose what I'm trying to say is, is that, you know, you never, you never know what's going to come. And it's that, <clears throat> okay, well, in, what, 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 what can I take from this? What space is this actually giving me to, giving to me to focus on something else, you know? And what that did is I really kind of dug into, we took that time to really focus on the business to make the business with make try and solidify the business as much as possible, put the foundations in. So it means that March onwards, we could just go, you know? So it's about, it's about seeing opportunity where, where it is rather than oh, this is the worst thing, you know, mm. again, we just never know what's going to happen. We never know. And it's, it's only your approach in it to it. That's going to change the experience. And I, and ultimately therefore experience the experience is everything. Right. Do you find proactivity something that's helpful? Because for me, if I feel like I'm doing something, maybe mm. I'm being a busy blue ass fly fool, but at least I feel like I'm taking control back of the unknown and the uncertainty. Yeah, I mean, I think that there is, of, of course, you know, I think that, I suppose, it, I suppose what I'm trying to say is it depends what you want the outcome to be, because be, be really conscious that actually what that is, is a distraction. Do you know what I mean? You know, that, that is a complete distraction technique and it's something that I always use myself, you know, right? Okay, something's going wrong. Well, I'm just going to keep going over here, you know? And sometimes you do just need to sit in it and feel it a little bit that actually it's, a, you know, because what you're doing is you're distracting yourself from your fear, right? And, you know, and if I boil mine absolutely down, you know, actually money, something happening with money. So say a piece of business doesn't come in, actually I immediately go to my fear of my my greatest my greatest belief that controls everything is I'm going to lose everything right that is the control that you know and obviously I don't know enough about your context but the reason that I am driven by fear is being very frank about it, my dad died when I was a baby you know he died when I was 16 months old and so and I and I have some kind of some strange almost like energetic memories of it and and so I did lose everything in that moment, right? So any one thing happening, be it a partner and I breaking up, you know, a friendship, having a challenge in a friendship, situation with work, whatever it is, <clears throat> any any or even the smallest thing happening, 
I go back to that belief of I'm going to lose everything, right? So be it that I distract myself with a shitload of work over here. Yeah, that there's something good in the doing or that I'm going to go and have a drink as I used to do, you know, or I'm going to go and see some friends or whatever my version of distraction is at that time. It comes back to trying to override I'm going to lose everything. Now, if as an adult instead, I can just I can sit with that feeling, recognize it and calm it and know that I'm okay, then my behavior from that is a much calmer one. And it comes from a place of rationality because going and doing might not be the answer. It's just a distraction. Mm, Yeah, I think you're right. It it can be. I think I was thinking about doing like getting in touch with contacts who I haven't spoken to in case there might be any business there. So I think there are there are different distractions and they can be more positive or more toxic but I hear you it's it's about not shying away from the depth of the darkness which is what's the fear and my fear is about is about feeling unsafe feeling unsafe about money and feeling like I'm not meeting my parents uh, expectations of me which is the core fear that drives me which is being triggered by the money so really interesting that we're here talking about ourselves and so much is couched in something that happened to you when you were 18 months old of course I mean it's everything right of course it is you know and then and then and everything came came every every belief that came after that was or sorry every experience that came after that you know dug that belief in even greater um and I suppose all I can say to it is, of course, there's more, there's more positive ways of, of distracting, but it's still your child speaking rather than Kate as an adult. Like Kate as an adult sees a couple of crappy months and goes, do you know what? It's OK. Like we've got the rest of the year ahead. We've got money in the bank. We're absolutely fine. Kate as a child is like, oh, my fucking God, it's literally all going to go to shit. And of course it hasn't. Do you know what I mean? You know, and it's just and I don't and I don't want that child. You know, my, my work now is, is on managing that childlike fear rather than Kate as an adult taking care of that situation. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're very different reactions. And um, I'm, I'm a bit dumb with the reaction of the child. And that sounds terribly unkind. But, you know, I, I've, I've had that for 44 years, you know, and, and now's the time to to feel a little bit differently. Yeah, I love that. But being able to recognize when the inner child's speaking, be able to listen to her, calm her, maybe give her a cuddle and say, but these are all the ways that it's not like that. And this is the grown up talking and this is what we're doing to manage the situation and it's all going to be okay. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, exactly. But um, but fun enough. And the the, the reason that I mentioned Mexico as well. So I just um, I've just come back from well a month ago now. Oh, no, a month ago I was still out there. I went to I went to Mexico for two weeks on my own, um, which was an incredible experience. I mean, sometimes a really hard experience, and sometimes the best thing I've ever done in my life. You know, for me, like being on my own was was terrifying. You know, again, coming back to that that childhood experience. You know, feeling feeling very on my own after obviously after my, my father had died, and. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and had spent a lifetime distracting myself with friends and experiences, you know, always having something to do rather than genuinely being in it, you know, and went and took myself off for, for two weeks in Mexico, which was the living embodiment of that fear and was terrifying at times. Now, don't get me wrong, you know, it wasn't like I was going over the top in the Somme, you know, I was actually on holiday in Mexico, <laughs> you know, it wasn't all bad, it was down the Yucatan Peninsula, I was on holiday on a beach, um, but the point being that, um, you know, it, it it was an interesting experience, you know, but I come back to this place, 
every single thing that I thought was going to happen absolutely didn't and everything that I didn't even think about did you know we just never know and and also it was a blend of good and bad like every other every other experience of life um and so for me but I've come back from it like yeah I did that you know and, and we'll happily go and, and and we'll definitely go and do it again um and so big learnings for that for me cool so practically how could listeners to the podcast right now in, take some of those learnings on for themselves would you say oh um I think there's definitely um definitely something in getting really clear on I think the success metric thing is really important right so what you know what do you how do you want to feel on a day-to-day basis and consequently what does life need to look like around that and um, you know what and what changes might you need to make if you know if you want to feel more joy how are you going to put more joy into your life on a day-to-day basis what thing can you do tomorrow and um, I think that's a big thing I think doing something which genuinely pushes you out of your comfort zone is always going to make you feel pride which is going to improve how you feel every single day and that might be not drinking for a month or it might be going and doing an excursion on your own or you know um you know jumping out of a plane don't jump out of a plane what awful idea you know whatever your version of it is do something that makes you proud because that you know that is going to um change change how you feel and shift your perception of the world as well so those things I think for sure love it and I think from from reading your posts and stuff the thing that you feared most was actually not anywhere near as bad as you thought Mm -hmm. and therefore suddenly you realize that this big hairy scary monster that sits in the closet was 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 not so fearful and you needn't have been so afraid absolutely and I think you know I think once you've done that you know you can you can transfer that to so many different areas of your life you know, certainly for me, sitting in a fear was was really quite life changing because I know there's, there's not much that can stop me now, you know, and that and that feels pretty great. And also, you know, again, it, it really comes back to that pride. I know I've done something again. You know, it wasn't like I was going into battle, but, you know, I've certainly done something that you know a lot of other people I know wouldn't do in this situation and 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 really, you know, and learned a lot from it as well. Um, so yeah so I think there's something in that and on a really really practical note you know I I would say to anyone the greatest gift that you can give yourself in the world is self-awareness like it is genuinely a superpower like if you can understand the impact that the world has on you and the and the impact that you have on the world you are light years above the person next to you that doesn't right and and you can therefore manage and craft situations and dare I say it people you know to with more than someone else that doesn't you know and the world becomes not only uh, an easier place but happier place and a place where you can you can do so much more so get a therapist get a coach whatever your version of that is just do it yeah I couldn't agree more I think my experience with therapy I've been through this very difficult point where we're really getting to the crux of my pain and I I my my therapist describes it I said oh you know well can I ever be cured and she said well I think what happens is is you she talked about it as dinosaurs before this dinosaur this t-rex would come out and it would rip everything to shit and destroy everything Whereas once you understand it better, the dinosaur becomes a little bit smaller. And actually, I've been using this sort of visualization technique 
kind of organically that's been happening with when my triggers start to set me off, which we all have triggers. And just because you're self-aware doesn't mean that you're cured. It feels like the dinosaurs now, like one of those little baby dinosaurs from um, before. What's that film with all the dinosaurs? Anyway, Once Upon a Time, it's definitely not called that, but you know the one I mean. (laughs) And so now it's just this little baby dinosaur that kind of comes padding in and goes, "Ah, ah," and kind of goes away again. I think having something as visual as that, make like really the beauty of that as well is that you're then separating yourself from that from that thought. Do you know what I mean? You can see it as the dinosaur rather than it being you. I and mean, that's beautiful, isn't it? Like and visually seeing it as something that's so much less amazing. Amazing. I'm also giving lots of little hugs, not even little hugs, big hugs to little Alice, the Alice who started to experience all of the anxiety and the pain that she that she had. Because looking at her like that and seeing her as this very innocent very unaware just child who had no idea what was going on makes you realize that that's still me inside that little girl yeah so yeah I get I really get that and I you know I certainly honestly sometimes I think about you know the the childlike version of me and it's like oh god you know like it, it really I have such compassion I have such compassion for you know even the girl like in her early 20s do you know what I mean and you know, and how she was feeling as a, as a consequence of that. And I think that, you know, I, and, and interestingly, you know, and another thing, um, because I, and I don't feel the same, I'm a terror for beating myself up, you know, for whatever that, whatever that version of it might be. And I'm now getting a lot better at, and I think actually this really came out from the holiday, um, you know, uh, having, having been over there on my own, you know, and those old thought patterns coming in. And whenever they do now, you know, I meet it with, I'm just doing my best. I'm just doing my best. And that feels so much softer and so much more understanding and so much more compassionate and really helps me rise up above that, that negative thinking, you know, because I do know that if I can go and meet the world with love and I, I have to be really careful, like, honestly, if I'd heard myself saying this like 10 years ago, I'd be like, well, what is she talking about? <laughs> what a dick. Um, but, you know, like, honestly, I know if I can go and meet the world with love and come from a place of love, my world is a lot better place. And frankly, that's what I care about. Do you know what I mean? My experience of the world is a much better place. Um, yeah. you know, so I, I, that's what I work hard on, um, whatever that version is. I love the idea of you're doing your best, you know, like as long as you're doing your best, whatever your version of best is, and sometimes we can do more and other times we need to do less, but having that compassion for ourselves to do what we can, when we can, in the way we can, yeah that's such a gift which we rarely give to ourselves enough to it oh my god it's like, like honestly the way that I talk to myself and actually you know I've got to be honest that you know I really recognize now the things that can really increase that bad thinking bad thinking do you know what I mean all that all that, that way that you know can, can increase the negative ways in which I talk to myself you know and I have to just I really need to manage that you know if I'm tired if I've if I've had a few drinks you know whatever those things you know things are you know if I'm not eating well if I'm not getting my exercise in those thought though that thinking creeps up more than ever you know and I have to be really careful then that I don't then flagellate myself with with my positive routine you know my my, my good routine is so important to me 
but equally it can't be another thing that I give myself a kicking for if I don't do do you know what I, mean? I mean the irony yeah. um so you know and, and, and I have to see it as a positive but I do know the more things that I do that are good the better my, my the better and easier my brain is to manage yeah absolutely I don't think I used to prioritize my mental health I just used to work fucking hard like you burning the candle at both ends oh I can if I just work harder then I won't get found out if I just yeah. am a perfectionist then people aren't going to think that I'm a fraud and so I would just just expend too much energy and actually over the past couple of years perhaps when because my mental health has given way a bit more I've realized that it's not something that I can take for granted it's something I have to invest in so I can't work every night and every weekend I can't do the same hours that I used to do I need to catch up with friends blah 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 because otherwise I'm not going to be able to sustain this this business that I'm building and I think but that's the thing isn't it you know I think that the last couple of years have taught all of us that that actually you know we we are a lot more fragile than maybe we gave credit for because you know we've become so much more acutely aware um of the impact of things on our brains you know and moreover, we just haven't got as much room in the stress bucket to, to, to go, you know, because our stress buckets are more full. We haven't got quite as much resilience or as much capacity or as flexibility, you know, so that something happens and it will kick in so much, so much more quickly than before. So, you know, and we're talking so much about this, you know, to organisations saying if you still want people to perform really well and arguably given the context of what's going on, you know, the annals of time tell us that after great challenge comes great opportunity. You know, if you want innovation and you want transformation, people are, for a better way of putting it, a little bit fucked, then you've just got to give them a bit more support. And I think we need to consider that on an individual basis and on, on, a, on a, you know, a much more macro scale as well. You know, it's, it's okay. Things aren't the same. You know, the world is world feels like a different place. We feel like different places. So we just need to learn to manage it a bit better. And that means managing our brains. And when you're doing something that's so important to you, your business, you've just got to put a bit more in. It's, and, you know, and put a bit more in is not just more hours. It's also looking after yeah. me, who is the heart and soul of the business rarely just more hours right quite the opposite you know a bit, a bit more into you you know that self-care is going to boost your productivity more than anything yeah ours is always the easy first step that you go to but actually is it is it the most sensible no exactly amazing exactly. kate thank you so much for joining me on my first podcast i, I want to ask it. you a final question which i know is a bit of a cliched one but i always really love this question when i hear it on podcasts oh. which is your best piece of career advice Oh, my best piece of career advice. Um, I think it's knowing. God, this is such a and this is such a rubbish one. I'm no, it's just thinking. What's my best piece of career advice? I think it is knowing that it is always going to be okay. And I know that sounds really trite, but I think if you can always know, you know, I look back on some of the things that really used to stress me out. And I think had I have had the capacity to to step back, to know that it was going to actually be okay, whatever whatever happens, then it would have given me the breadth to be able to think differently. And I think what the only other layer that I'd add to that is the belief in yourself that you will always get yourself through everything, you know, and which ties into that whole point about it always being okay. Like I think of every single thing that has happened through push 
in particular, as well as, of course, my career before. But the one person I could always rely on to get myself through that was myself, you know, and there has been and, and it hasn't been an easy ride by any way, shape or form, you know, gee, so, you know, some of the things that have come my way and the challenges faced, but whatever they are, I've got through them, you know, and it has always been OK. So if I know that, then I know I'm all right and I know I am safe. Um, and that is incredibly comforting and, and gives me that space for and breadth for thinking in those moments when I most need it. Love it. Yeah. The world never ends. It never no. ends until and it ends. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And we're so much stronger than we think. It reminds me of that Marie Folio, um, everything is figure outable. Like we we do. We we find our way through and find solutions and jump over those barriers and do whatever. It also reminds me of that John Le- Lennon quote. Um it, how does it go um everything is okay in the end and if yeah. it's not okay it's not, yeah, the it's end. not the end yeah exactly and that is exactly it you know the the when something happens it feels when something initially happens it feels so seismic the following day you know if it goes from feeling like this the following day it'll feel like that you know in a week's time it'll feel like that and the day then in a year after you'll never remember you won't even remember it you know and to maybe maybe that that's part of the question you know how will I feel about this in three months time how would I feel about this in, in a year and that gives you the that really helps you have a bit more context and take that <gasps> out of it a bit you know because you you're always going you will always find the way totally it reminds me of a technique that I teach that I learned from Cheryl and Shackle actually to take five will this still matter in five minutes five hours five months five years and so on there are certain things that happen in our lives that will matter in 50 years time but we can probably count them on one hand yeah exactly so the sooner we can put it in perspective and start to move forward the better yeah no I agree agree. amazing that's it well, thank you so much, Gorgeous, for being my first guest. And uh, listeners, thank you for staying with me and uh, see you oh. next time. See you soon. Lots of love. Bye. Bye.